This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. 819 on the Blitz 1170. Football tonight right here on the Blitz 1170. Jinx Norman North. That's a 630 pregame for a 7 o'clock kick. And after the upset loss to Westmore, Jinx looking to bounce back. Tomorrow night, you're going to have Oklahoma State football. And really, um, most of the day. At 430 tomorrow, the pregame will actually begin and that's going to be, of course, pregame for the game itself. That's the Cowboy Network, 4.30 for a 6.30 kick, and you'll hear it on the Blitz 11.70. Prior to that, Colby will be out with Kenyatta Wright, and that will be doing the show over in Stillwater preparing for that game. So tomorrow, starting at 3, basically we are an Oklahoma State uh, lead-in, if you will, for the game against Kansas State. And speaking of that game, Scott File, Mike Gundy earlier this week had some words about Kansas State, including their quarterback. We're going to hear kind of a response to that in a moment here's mike when he was asked what kansas state does well especially on offense they do a good job with uh, running the ball they've always had they they have linemen in their program that they've uh, developed and 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 um, gotten stronger over the years majority of them are somewhat kind of local homegrown kids that take pride in that and they rush the ball really well they're physical the improvement that they've made over the last couple years is their quarterback who's played how many years now how many years has he been there (laughs) i mean seriously six early member years ago they were struggling but he's played so many games now that he's gotten better i see that is where their improvements come from is however many games he's played and been around he's just more experienced now who he's talking about is will howard will howard then had been asked about you know coach gundy you know mentioning how long he'd been around and all and he talked about a funny interaction he had with coach gundy here's will howard the kansas state quarterback it does feel like i've been i've been around here for a while coach gundy actually um in 2021 when i was playing and starting that game because skyler had just gotten hurt he actually came up to me and and told me he hopes that I feel better and, and that, you know, we wanted to play me soon. And I was like, he must think I'm Skyler. <laughs> so <laughs> it was pretty funny. But that's really the only interaction I've ever had with Coach Gundy. But, um, no, yeah, it does feel like I've been here a long time. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a veteran of this place. And, you know, I've, I've seen, seen the ups and downs. So um, I think that, that pays dividends, though. You know, he actually hasn't been there that long. But he does somewhat resemble – you know some of the guys who have been there before. He, you know, he was. I don't know that he necessarily resembles Skyler Thompson because I think Skyler is a little bit more uh, mobile uh, than Will Howard. Will Howard can get out and move a little bit, but he reminds me more of his offensive coordinator right now, Colin, than he does anybody else. I, I just thought the interaction was funny, and you know, the coach Gundy's like, "Hey, that dude looks looks just like the other dude who played quarterback at Kansas State," and both of them are really good players. Now let's get into this football game. Oklahoma State certainly. You know, when it comes to quarterback, they say they're going to play Alan Bowman. Now, Coach Gundy was a little cryptic about whether or not other guys would get opportunities this week. Bowman, of course, got went the entire way last week. We know it's an important game, and especially if you're talking about bowl eligibility for Oklahoma State. But for Kansas State, they're kind of the forgotten team in the Big 12, Scott. Everybody's talking about Oklahoma and Texas, and for good reason. The Red River rivalry is hotter than it's been in at least 15 or so years. The game means more than it's meant in a long time. There's so many storylines leading up to it that you can't even write all of them or broadcast all of them. But this is a Kansas State team that's kind of being forgotten about. And for them, this could be a trap game. You're on the road on a Friday, sold-out stadium, blackout night against a team that, let's be honest, has struggled. 
and you're a team coming into the year who was expected to compete for a Big 12 title now being completely overshadowed by the other two. So you could have the, you know, the thought process of, look, we're going to prove who we are. You could also get trapped in this one, couldn't you? Oh, absolutely. As you just kind of mentioned, you know, before the season started, Kansas State, they were one of those trendy picks. Three, well, yeah, they were one of the three, four teams that were kind of the favorite to, you know, play for or win the Big 12 title. And then you lose on that 61-yard field goal to Missouri and St. Louis, and all of a sudden they're just forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything that they can play for still out is there. still out there. And even though you have the one loss, right now that loss is a good loss. I mean, you, you it's a ranked Missouri team. So, an unbeaten Missouri team. And, yep. Exactly, an unbeaten Missouri team. So, um, you know, they're kind of in the same boat with OSU in the fact that they're coming off their bye week too. So there's no real advantage that way for OSU it, it, with the extra time. It uh, it does help that OSU is at home. I think that's going to play a huge factor. And, you know, we mentioned it really every game this year. OSU needs to get out to a good start. Oh, yeah. They need a good start. They need to keep that crowd into it. Because um, I just have this feeling, at least early, there's going to be a little bit of tension, nervousness of from the fans and in the stadium We'll, you know, what, what kind of OSU team are we? What are we going to see? see? Yeah, and if, and if you come out there with some early success, keep that crowd into it. That you can just, you know, just be able to build off that. So I think that's crucial. And for the, you know, after this week, they go to Kansas State. I'm talking about goes to Texas Tech, which uh, is not nearly as good as we thought and they would be. It's not as scary as we thought it was going to be before the season started. No, it's still not an easy place to go because it's Lubbock. You can't get there from here. Then they host TCU. Then they host Houston, both very winnable games. Then they go to Texas, which will be very telling. Then Baylor comes to them. Then they have the Kansas game at Kansas, and then they will finish with Iowa State at their place. It's a it's a schedule that challenges you in, in certain spots. They don't have a lot of real letdowns. TCU's still pretty good, although they're beatable. Houston's not very good. Then you get Texas. Then you get Baylor. Again, capable of beating you, not as good as they have been. Then a Kansas team. There's a lot of reasons to for that one to be big. And then it's an a Iowa rivalry State. game, and then you right. have Farmageddon. Yep, so. Right, exactly. And so, I mean, their schedule is set up that you don't really ever have that, you know, I can take a two-game break uh, set up. You, you just don't have that. And for Oklahoma State, when we talk about getting bowl eligible, I mean, that's the thing for these guys is you got to win this one. I mean, you really kind of have to win this one. Iowa State was winnable, and you didn't. You got this one, then you got Kansas coming in. Not saying you can't beat them, especially whether Jalen Daniels is playing or not, but that's a really good Kansas team. Then you have a, West, a really hot West Virginia team in Morgantown. On the road, yeah. Yeah, Cincinnati, who's not an easy out. Oklahoma, of course, in Bedlam. Going to UCF, and we'll see how they bounce back from the devastation they had. And then you're going to be at Houston, which is certainly a winnable game, there's no doubt. But if you start adding schedules, this is an important part of it. There's no question for Oklahoma State. So it could be somewhat of a swing. And, you know, again, you go back to the Big 12 standings, Oklahoma and Texas, West Virginia, all 2-0. Kansas State, 1-0. Those are the only unbeatens in the Big 12. So K-State's only played the one game in the Big 12, but they're an unbeaten in the Big 12, too. And then you got a bunch of 1-1s. Kansas is 1-1. BYU's 1-1. TCU's 1-1. Baylor's 1-1. Iowa State's 1-1. Texas Tech is 1-1. The only Ophers, OSU at 0-1, and then Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston at 0-2, the newcomers are down at the 0-2. So this is uh, an extremely important uh, stretch. There's no question 
for this Oklahoma State football team. Love to have your score predictions as well at 918-262-5072. Get a text at that. It says, go Dallas Cowboys. Yes, Darla, go Dallas Cowboys. We are a Cowboys station, and you will hear them this Sunday, San Francisco and Dallas at 6 o'clock right here on the Blitz 1170. It's a doubleheader day that follows New England and New Orleans at 1130 on Saturday, because we have OSU Friday. On Saturday, Alabama, Texas A&M, 2 o'clock right here on the Blitz 1170. So much good football to watch and listen to over the weekend. 827 on the Blitz 1170. He's Scott File. I'm Rick Corey. When we come back, we'll be talking to Travis Hill, head football coach at Muskogee. They are off to a rocking start. We still have some baseball talk to come, and we'll take your text at 918-262-5072 here on the Blitz 1170 on a Thursday. Rick Corey along with Scott File, both of his zombies now after yesterday's 120 alert from the EAS. Actually, Scott's not because he turned his phone off. I I let it go off. You know, just turned it I just back didn't off, want to so. hear it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very zombie-like today. 833, uh, this guy's team is certainly not playing like that. Uh, this is welcoming to our hotline the man in charge at Muskogee, Travis Hill. This football team playing excellent football. The Ruffers are, you know, hey, people say the Texas, uh, Texas is back. Coach, the Ruffers are certainly back. It's not that they've really necessarily gone away, but what a year for your football team so far. Congratulations on a great start. Yeah, hey, thank you guys over there. And, you know, kudos to the kids, young people that are that are going out every Friday night and participating and doing the very best they can. And you're right, but they're off to a good start, and it, it's fun to watch and fun to watch the program grow. Four and one so far. And the last couple of wins, very impressive. 69 nothing over Putnam West. 51-13 over a, a Charles Page team, a Sand Springs team, getting better with Bobby Klink there. What, uh, what has flipped the switch for you guys the last couple of years, Coach? Well, you know, it's just whenever you get in, a lot of people use the big word culture. And, uh, I, you know, we go that far, but we all know how you build cultures. You call win. And when you win, it's easier to buy in. So so last year to get it turned around and have a lot of wins underneath our belts, the kids, it's, it's easier. It's like anything else in life. It's easier to come out and ask to do all the details that come to being a great football team. So, you know, what we're doing is you practice better, you prep better, and then uh, you know how to play hard. And so those are kind of what we call non-negotiables. And uh, – the kids have bought into it, and so you're seeing some of the uh, their efforts are paying off now as far as game nights. You know, Muskogee is a team that uh, historically had some great success. It's actually my hometown. Had some great exactly. success, and then things went to, uh, went south just a little bit. And I, how I, one of the things I know that kind of, at least in my opinion, helped. I saw some you know some things happening on campus there. There were some upgrades. Some things began to work in. Mm-hmm. I saw numbers starting to go back up. What all has been a part of that re-rising, if you will, of the program? Well, you know, whenever you, uh, you're you able to come in, I refer to it kind of like a little life skill. You know, <clears throat> money does not make you happy, but it makes it a heck of a lot easier. And <laughs> when you have good facilities, it doesn't make you win, but it makes it a heck of a lot easier. So, you know, whenever our kids come in now to uh, the new facility we have here on campus, Rougher Village, uh, you know, that uh, Dr. Mendenhall administration and the community of Muskogee has uh, made a, a, a big impact with our young people. And so not only you see that translate on, onto our, uh, you know, to our athletic endeavors, but you're seeing it transfer into the classroom and to all across campus. Uh, come and watch our student body. Come and watch them on Friday nights. Uh, you know, it was, it was very, when you take a program like Carl Albert that came up here and played a couple of weeks ago uh, and have their head football coach and athletic director of the Middale School Districts, uh, Mr. Andy Collier, comment on the great environment that was here at Muskogee to play on a game night. And I think that all speaks for itself. That's just not uh, the rougher football team, but that's the rougher community getting involved into it, too. Travis Hill with us. He's the head football coach at Muskogee here on the Blitz 1170. We have a couple more minutes with him at 836. Scott File. 
your guys have been rolling so far, especially in district play. That one hiccup was against Carl Albert. Now, you talk about mm-hmm. guys buying in. How much did your guys learn from that game, and how much did that oh. kind of help propel you into district play? Oh, huge, huge, huge stuff. You know, and when you get to be at a good program, you sometimes you got to have one of those hitting the mouse to be able to figure a few things out. And, and it was really, really interesting to watch our kids because – let me tell you, you know, if you'd have told me that Carl Albert was going to have 102 yards rushing and that was it going into that game, I said, we're probably going to have a good chance to win that football game, and we didn't because there's all the other things that go into it. Three turnovers on our behalf, zero on Carl Albert's behalf. So they played the championship football that night, not us. Third downs, we couldn't get them off the field. They got us off the field. So to learn, and, and, uh, and that's fun to watch young people, and you know, they can push it away and close their eyes to some of those problems, or they can identify them. And we identified them, and, and uh, you know, we had a great game against the Zandai the following opportunity we had after that game. And I think we should – no turnovers, got them off on third downs, uh, you know, got them you know, got, got them off the field on third downs, and we were able to keep the ball on third downs. And you see the, the results that came. So our kids learned from it. Big, big uh, asset for us in, in our district play to play a championship team like that. And even though it didn't come out on the good end, I think it will in the long run will help us. Yeah, one of the guys I want to talk about, and they get a ton of attention, they get a ton of blame, that's your quarterback, Jamari and Ficklin. Dude's throwing for almost 300 a game, 15 touchdowns, two picks, 68% completion percentage. And he was almost that good last year, and he's just a junior. Describe him as a player. We just watched him grow. Um, You know, he got the opportunity to come in. He was our best shot when he was a true freshman, and we babied him through the process, and we bade him through a little bit as a sophomore. And then, you know, just a little funny story. You know, my son calls me Thursday morning before the Sands Springs games. He goes, when are you going to ever let your quarterback go? And I said, well, tonight's the night. And obviously, when we say that, we know he can throw the football around the yard and do that. But he also had 170 yards rushing in that particular game, too, against Sands Springs. First non-district, or excuse me, the first district game. So, multi-talented kid, not an athlete playing quarterback. He is a quarterback playing quarterback. He has all the intangibles. He's our leader of our football team, even as a junior. Uh, and it's not done by, by uh, you know, voice. It's done by everyday effort, everyday prep, and just uh, the, the kids respect the way he goes about his business. 6A2 is wide open this year. How much are you preaching to your guys that this is the opportunity for you guys <laughs> to take that next step and to, you know, play for a title and bring home a gold ball? Well, it, it, they know it's in their grasp, and, and, and so uh, they're working toward it. We. You, you try to keep that on a low kill. There's, I don't know if there's a secret remedy to, to how it comes out every morning. You just kind of get up and you get a feel for your team. You got to feel you got to do relationships with your kids. So you just kind of get a good feel for what they need to hear and what they don't need to hear. And I do think we're a mature enough team. Yes, we have talked ahead, uh, not just what we're doing right now, but potentially what we'll be doing on down the line. So those comments and, and conversations do come up uh, from our coaching staff, from our kids, from our players. And so, uh, you know, we, we we grasp it and hold on to it. And, and like I said, I think they're looking forward to those moments that, that are going to come as we start processing through this uh, season that are going to be very, very uh, big moments that uh, put us over the top. So I, I think they're looking forward to it, to be honest with you. And, you know, here we are. We're, you know, nearing getting there in, in the back half of the season. It's the grind yep. toward the playoffs. It's It's trying to be hot at the right time. And that's what everybody's trying to accomplish. I know your guys are too, but you've certainly been hot so far. Travis, congratulations on a great start. Keep them rolling down there. Hey, you guys over at the Blitz, we appreciate your time and appreciate your concerns with rougher football. Thank you guys, man. You betcha. That's Travis Hill, Muskogee Football, 840 here on the Blitz 1170. Rick Corey along with Scott File. And, yeah, I know they're 35 miles away, but that's a, they're an important part of that 6A2 district. And, you know, if, if they come back and play well, I'd let you know – 
I, I'd say I'd love to. If if you look, if you're in Carl Albert, that's that's really a ridiculously good program. Would be kind of nice to see uh, somebody up jump up and challenge them. I'm sure the teams over there in Oklahoma City think the same thing about six a one about somebody challenging the guys over here. But I'd love to see them that tradition that has been down there. Love to see that uh, pop back up there and have them get them another chance in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's so funny. As much as the East Side has dominated six a one and six a two, the West Side has dominated five a, mm-hmm. led by Carl Albert. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, going into the season, I said Muskogee was one of the surprise sleepers or yep. could be one of the surprise sleepers in 6A2 and so far they're playing like one of the best teams in the in the in the class. Now, tell me anywhere that Travis has not been has been that his teams haven't played well though. That's just the way it works. All right, 841 on the Blitz 1170. Rick Corey and Scott File. Where's a lot that we've been covering OU Texas certainly one of the biggest stories it will be all week long and game day is going to be there. We know Dallas is going to be rocking we heard Ryan Aber say he's not getting up early enough or not staying out late enough. He's, he's got to get up early to go to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, so, you know, Commerce Street, the West End, it'll be rolling. There's no question about that. Now, there are other things happening, though. We talked about the transfer portal changes from 60 days to 45. Postseason, after the college football season, it will be 30 days. Then after spring, 15 days. Anybody playing the college football playoff has an extra five-day window in January. Basketball, it'll be the Monday after Selection Sunday in 45 days, pretty simply. Uh, and then they also eliminated the, the photo shoots, as we talked about a little bit earlier on. We talked a little baseball. The wild card series weren't really series. They were pretty much sweeps. Texas 7-1, D-backs 5-2 over Milwaukee, Philly 7-1 over the Marlins. The only close game, Twins-Blue Jays. I watched a good portion of that one out of my back patio. Did you see the fifth inning pickoff play on Vlad Jr.? No, I missed that. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at second. And they had a and and this was when the game was still on the line and they had had a pass ball to get them second and third with two outs and Guerrero leads off just a little too much and they pulled off one of the most spectacular pickoff plays and not got him at second and he as he laid there he raised the hand waving like no 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 you need to review that so they challenged and reviewed it and he was out he was clearly out a fantastic pickoff play and. Vlad Jr. just got a chance to sit around and uh, and kind of look despondent, <laughs> but it was a, it was a key for the Twins as they beat the Blue Jays. So now we move on. It's going to be the Twins in Houston, Rangers, Baltimore. That's going to be an interesting one. Arizona and the Dodgers. And watch out that the demon the Diamondbacks are playing really well. And then the Phillies Braves, which I also think could be somewhat of a that can be a kind of a smasher series right there. Oh yeah, it will be. I think it's going to think there's going to be a lot of runs scored mm-hmm. in that one. I don't think there's any question. Which one intrigues you the most? Uh, I, I'm more. In, I'm the most interested probably in the Astros Twins, just because I think America's rooting against the Astros. Everybody's a <laughs> Twins fan right now, so uh, everybody's. I like the American. What's funny is I'm a National League guy, but I I'm more intrigued by the American two American League series. Rangers Baltimore are gonna be fascinating. Really, really, really is. You, you, you talked about everybody hating Houston. Everybody except Mattress Mac, and he is <laughs> at it again. Mattress Mac uh, put what was it one point nine million uh, up, and then he put two million up in another another bet. So he had two different bets. Two million and one point nine that could get get him what thirty two mil. Now I saw twenty, but I could maybe I read that wrong. Well, I think it was probably just the one bet because there are a couple of them out there, and it maybe maybe it was in that range. All I know is he's back at it again, and it looks as though 
you know, last time out, he won money. And it looks as though he's got an opportunity to win that kind of money. Again, now we've seen him lose a lot through the years, but then what was he won last year? He won right at 17 or 20, didn't he? Uh, I can't remember what, but no matter what happens, he's a winner because he's selling furniture. <laughs> yeah, so exactly right. Yeah. He may be losing the bet, but he's probably tripling the amount of sales that he gets from, uh, you know, cause, cause all these bets are their hedges on because mm-hmm. he does, he runs promotions with right. the Astros and whoever. So they're all just, he's just hedging his bets. And of course, last year we saw that infamous video and I don't really mm-hmm. say infamous, but that video of him. With the wheelbarrow of cash out on the tarmac there. <laughs> All right, so he he put two million um, at DraftKings. He put another one point million somewhere else. One point nine million somewhere else. All told, three point nine million that could profit him twenty three point four. So that's how much he could win. He could win twenty three point four. Uh, and again, here's a guy who he's winning either way because he's selling mattresses. Now you're probably saying. Can he really sell $3.9 million in mattresses? Well, apparently he can. He wouldn't be doing this over and over again if it was not working out for him. So he's yeah, he's at it again, and he does not hate the Astros like uh, Scott File does. <laughs> and Scott claims all of America hates the Astros. You're probably not far from wrong, actually. Did you see, and I thought this, we'll just do this briefly before we take our break. Did you see what they did in Utah for their collective? I did. This... It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Scott and I both believe collectives should be a lot like pokes for the purpose. We think they should be servant, serving things. It's, yes, I want them to make money for the kids. I absolutely do. But I think along the way there should be some kind of service aspect to that. And many, many young players have done that without ever getting any info. You know, we, we talk about the ones who get big dollars. We talk about the ones who get beats, contracts, and whatever. We don't always talk about the other because, quite honestly, it doesn't always make the, the news. But we know there's there are those players out there locally and everywhere else. Well, in Utah, they rolled out what they called the Crimson Collective. And when they rolled it out, here's what they did. They were at practice, and a video comes up. And the videos of, you know, some speaking and then this Dodge truck. And then these big Dodge trucks roll out onto the field, several of them. And I'm talking about some of their more expensive big ones, right? And they're all decorated up, Utah for the win, blah, blah, blah. And then they announced to the team that every player gets one. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine? Everybody gets a truck. You get a truck, and 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 you get a truck. Well, only the scholarship players did. Only the 85 scholarship players Yeah, right. I I get that. But it means the 80. Yes, you're right. right. 85 guys get a truck. Uh, each truck's retail price sixty one grand, sixty one thousand dollars times eighty five. You do the math, huh? Pretty simply, uh, Utah just knocked it out of the park when it came to collectives. Now, this this itself doesn't help anyone else as we believe it should, but it does help those eighty five scholarship players. And along the way, hopefully, there's something else that attached to it. The trucks themselves are really cool looking. And, and this is probably the wet blanket part of me, but <laughs> but this is something that I haven't heard anybody talk about. At least I haven't heard them talk about mm-hmm. since I first heard about this yesterday. Is what's going to happen come next April when tax time rolls around? Well, first of all, these trucks are leased to each player. It's part of an individual six month contract. Those are expected to roll over contingent on their eligibility. The leases end when a player's eligibility expires or they choose to transfer. 
The collective is also paying for the insurance on each truck. So since they don't own them, they're leasing them, they likely aren't going to get taxed on them. But that's still considered a gift, though. And the IRS is going to look into that because you're still because that's still considered technically a gift. I'll have to get that. You know, somebody out there who's that might be a Paul Hood question. I was going to say somebody out there, Paul, if you're listening, or somebody out there who knows. I mean, I don't know. That's just a wet blanket to me. It's like what's going to happen come April. (laughs) Well, no, I think it's not wet blanket. That's you got to face reality. If they actually give you the truck, I mean, Spencer Rattler were given those vehicles. You get if you're given those vehicles, yeah, you're going to have a tax responsibility. Most people who give those probably would cover that, but I don't really have any idea. And I'm not sure on a lease if that's considered a gift or not. I, I don't Even though they were gifted these, somebody else is doing I don't know. We have to look into that. If you know the answer, 918-262-5072. That's if you didn't become a zombie like the rest of us at 120 and have your thumbs fall off. 850 on the Blitz 1170. One final break, and we'll close it up. Dan Patrick's coming up at 9. Remember, the guys from... The show, Pop and Colby, will be out 3 to 6 today at Scoreboard Sports Bar. They'll be there at the um, um, at the River Spirit. I want you to go by. They're going to have a QR code. You can scan that code. You can win. Uh, sign up to win a pair of tickets to the Dallas Cowboys and sign up to win tickets to a Cowboys game Thanksgiving against Washington plus $500 spending cash. We have dueled this whole thing up for you right here today on the Blitz. All right, a couple of things to clean up before we go here. The, uh, the Taylor Swift thing, even... Even Travis Kelsey says now that the NFL is pushing it too far. However, if you're the NFL, you're not likely to stop. The game's audience on Sunday night was 22% higher than last year's fourth game of the season, the Jets and Chiefs. The Nielsen-only audience was up 19%. Guess where it jumped the most? Guess what age group? Women 18 to 35. Uh, girls 12 to 17. Oh, 12. Okay, but but listen, the viewership went up 53%. Now, if it went up from four to six, <laughs> that's not that many, but 53% in any age group is significant. Women 18 to 24, 24%. Yes, 17 times they showed Taylor Swift in the press box. That was on TV. There were certain broadcast teams who wouldn't mention it, Jack, Buck and Aikman. But these guys are taking advantage of it. The NFL, they even put out briefly a, a, a Swifty report and then kind of quickly pulled that back. So yeah, it's working. According to the official Harold Kuntz counter from uh, the game, there were, as you mentioned, she was shown 17 times. She was mentioned five, and there were two commercials. <laughs> Uh, if you think for an instant this is going away, you're crazy. Then there was a report this morning that she says he's the one. He's it. He's the marrying type. Yeah, we'll see. All right, so another another note. You know, we talked about how Colorado had been rebuilt. We talked about how the NCAA says you can sign as many scholarship players as you want as long as the 85 and under. In other words, you can throw all your team away and start over if you'd like to, kind of like Dion did. And we can all say, hey, whether you like them or not, you're watching – Colorado, Oregon, number one uh, watched this uh, this year. Ohio State, Notre Dame was two. Colorado State, Colorado was three. Florida State, LSU, four. Texas, Alabama, five. Nebraska, Colorado, six. Colorado, TCU, seven. USC, Colorado, eight. Yeah, you know what? You can say what you want, and I saw this. They've had the most watched games for the last five weeks. No one, no one has ever done that. Not Alabama, not Georgia, not Oklahoma, not USC, no one. Their first two conference games, the most watched games in the entire history of the Pac-12. And that's why, Brett, your mark saying, oh, you Texas who? Mm-hmm. 
Coach Prime has already proven he's worth the money they're paying him, which, by the way, is around $5.5 million. Like him or not, eyes are going to either Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey <laughs> or Coach Prime. That the birthday it. boy Travis Kelsey today. Yeah, it's right. That's right. Yeah. Ooh, I wonder what Taylor got him for his birthday. That's a good question. Yeah, with that kind of I'm money. I'm surprised we haven't heard that rumor yet. Oh, man. I hope the two of them didn't turn into zombies. That ruined a good, <laughs> a good relationship right there. That's going to do it for us on a Thursday here on the Blitz. Uh, me, I'm a zombie. Scott's not. He didn't listen. Back tomorrow with a Friday. Oh, yeah. All kinds of fun tomorrow. Remember, coming up next, it's Dan Patrick, followed by Rich Eisen, followed by Pop and Colby, the show out at River Spirit Casino. We'll see you tomorrow right here on a Friday version of the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.